What's up? Go ahead and hit record now. I want you to hear all of this. Oh, you think I'm not recording already? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a bit, Dave, since we recorded. Had- and uh, I I record with uh, some low lives. Ooh. Um, <laughs> don't have headphones, don't have microphones. <laughs> don't have and- braids or memories. That's... <laughs> Recording in strange places, they look addled, um, doesn't inspire confidence. So I usually have to say, okay, we are now recording, which means you need to hit that little presumably red button. That red button with a little circle? Yes. (laughs) But let me out myself to you and throw you under the bus a little bit here. Uh, Good. Oh, I love I love where this is headed already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is how uh, you get people to come back for more recordings. Just welcome back. Throw them right under that speeding listeners, bus. Yes. Welcome back to Oscar Death. I don't care about the co-hosts here. Just Wait, the listeners. You've been you've been hanging out with Hyro too much. Look at you introducing the show. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, it's mainly a reminder to myself. Like, uh, yeah. What am I doing? Where am I? We came here to fix this right. We're not going to leave until we do. I think this is the place. Welcome home. Better than your hotel? (laughs) What's wrong? I can't stop seeing it. You and him. I'm sorry. Let's start over, okay? It's like we're the only two people in the world. Fix this for you if you want. Hey. hey, this is Federico, Eduardo's neighbor. How to be a sexy Italian guy? Huh? It's just a ride. Go for a walk. Right. Take a drink. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Federico was just telling me all about your night last night. You need to leave right now. What? Not friends anymore. Friends? I don't even know who the hell you are. There is another way this could go. Isn't that? Is Federico here last night? Do you really want to start this? <laughs> I just don't trust that guy. Ryan? You know what I love about Rabbit? The hunt. You lure it in. Make it feel safe. Ready? And then you wait. How do you always manage to appear whenever I need help? He's not Eduardo's neighbor. I know what you did! I don't know what you're talking about! This is Rico! The moment is when the drop snaps. The look in his eyes. recorded one uh summer specific episode and then took the summer off <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know my my family's full of teachers they they take so, summers off so i just so i do the same by the theme of a summer vacation like, yeah hey. we were like yeah you know what let's get some rest that's <laughs> so um dave just to to give him a kick in the ass um I just send you a blind text saying, uh, pick a movie that's currently on Turner Classic Movies, and you 
took a screenshot, presumably of TVGuide.com or whatever. It was gridded <laughs> well, out. Well, literally, literally, what I looked up was movies on TCM, and then they just gave me the schedule <laughs> of TCM. You would think there'd be a site somewhere like new to TCM streaming, but it was just like Old here's what's Dave. airing. <laughs> I was like, I wish it had actually been like you could see that it was print magazine <laughs> with your thumb. I was just, <laughs> I was just thumbing through the digital TV guide, and hmm, there's some good options. Options for you, Mike. <laughs> yes, strangely specific as far as here's what's on this evening, as opposed to a yeah. list for the month. Um, clearly, Dave has missed those. Uh, God, all those clickbait articles. Like, here's what's on Netflix, Amazon, HBO, Hulu for the month of what month is it now, Dave? September? Yes. Yes, that is. I mean, who knows what month it will be by the time this comes out? But right now, as we're recording, it you is son the of first a bitch. week I was about to say, <laughs> send me your file, and I'll have it up tomorrow. And I'm like, mm, let's make it next week. <laughs> let's, let's, come on now. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about tomorrow, Mike. I'm like, that doesn't sound pleasant. No. Yeah. Tomorrow, Mike does not like this idea at all. This is so good. It is the first uh, game of the NFL season tomorrow. So let's let's just say mm. next week. Oh, that's week. right. Yes, that? it is Thursday. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh here are where the shenanigans begin to take place. So I sent Dave a text uh, saying like, well, I could do it Tuesday evening, Wednesday, you know, whatever. And you sent me back a couple of things uh, as far as you had some, some business to attend to. And I didn't, really... which didn't end up happening. Like oh. my dentist appointment got canceled. Well, <laughs> so I was to extra hell with annoyed. them too, I guess. Um, yes, exactly. So I'm like, whatever. Uh, so I sent you a text uh, that says, uh, Wednesday at nine question mark. I'm pretty sure there's a question mark. I don't have my phone and no response from Dave, no response <laughs> for, t- for like two days, <laughs> but that sounds like me. <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe I didn't put a question mark cause it reads as a command. Like, okay, enough of your obligations. I'm telling you when to show up, but I'm pretty sure. Is it a question mark? I got to be totally honest with you. This is the first time I've seen this text. Mm-hmm. I totally mm-hmm. missed this message completely because you sent me another message later and I responded to that. What mm-hmm. an asshole. Like, yes, just I sent you a message. Disregard- hey, Dave, I know your favorite color is purple. They just came out with the purple iPhone instantly on that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anything, you should respect that because that's a dentist move if there's ever been one. Totally negate the scheduling and be like, ooh, pretty iPhone. That's, that's something I'd actually like to talk about or think about. Yeah, engage that's with. better. Um, so I'm, I'm watching, uh, you know, uh, our uh, programs for the evening uh, since, you know, my wife and I are, are old. Uh 8 p.m. prime time. Once it gets to 9 p.m. hour, I'm like, well, I guess put the phone on the charger, and that's that's a wrap for the day. And at two minutes until <laughs> nine, Dave sends me a, text. a message ready when you are. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he never responded to that. that I had no intention, no inclination of recording at all. So I tell the wife. So well, it's interesting. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I must have seen this message because I told Tessa. You have I said, I t- so no, I told, <laughs> I told Tessa, she asked me, what time are you recording? And I said nine. Apparently I never responded to that text, but I nope. knew it was nine. <laughs> and this will, this will make you really happy and feel very valued as a friend. But we're like hanging out. I was watching the Sandman on Netflix. We're almost caught up. Two more episodes. Really good. And I was like, uh, we should watch another one. And she's like, don't you have a, don't 
don't you podcast tonight? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're right. I totally forgot. Nope. Like, totally In my mind, my it wasn't happening. So you could have just gone about your business. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know what, what happened. I think what must have happened is that text came through on my watch and I just noted, oh, nine o'clock. And then just totally never Dave. responded. As a fellow a Apple jerk. fanboy, that is what the double tap thumbs up response is for. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> All right, so here's here's where. Well, now that we have this out there, I, I was about to say here's why I failed you, um, but I think our, the listeners, the ones we have, uh, including your bride to be, would agree this is the, the failure is your part for, <laughs> for. Sure. I didn't watch the movie you selected. I started it, and now I was like, eh. <laughs> I'll watch it this weekend, then I guess if we're not, if we're not doing it. <laughs> Have you ever seen it before? I've never seen it. See, so it's a oh, really? so okay. it wasn't one of those things where, you know, if it's a classic, I'd see like if you'd picked down North by Northwest, I could throw it on at work. I could probably watch some of the highlights. Maybe I'd watch some totally. some commentary because I'd be like, I've, it's so ingrained in me. This one I haven't. It's so I'm like I have to actually sit down and watch this. And I started it. Right. I didn't watch it because no no response from Dave. I'm like, well, I can sit on this for a week. <laughs> So we show up with our dueling banjos of Zoom backgrounds where I have my selected film and you have yours. And I guess not... we're not going to talk about yours because I watched <laughs> right. them both. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Dave selected, um, what did you select? What is this? Wait Until Dark? Wait Until Dark. Yes. yes. Wait Until Dark. Yes. Uh, I keep thinking Near Audrey Dark. Hepburn, I'm like, no, that's a, a vampire movie. movie. That's not it. Man. Uh, oh, I should have picked that. Now yeah. I feel that's well, much better. Blame oh, yes. the TV guide. You know that you just I for many things. <laughs> so, Dave, uh, if you have forgotten this point, chooses the established or classic films. Usually off a list, we tried to make it a little bit easier and saying, "Hey, what's what's readily available?" Because I don't know if it's in the continuity of this show. But Dave did abandon the Criterion Collection. I think it is. I think the last time we talked. I hope that yeah, was on the I summer mean, episode. No one has heard it except for us. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that was something that was published. But in case it's not, um, yeah. I just I obviously I love the Criterion Channel. I love this, but like as your lovely wife has been wont to say, uh, it's the boring channel, mm -hmm. which means to me like uh, this is it's work in a lot of ways. Like it's these are movies that are worth watching, but it's not something you can just kind of pop on in the background and be like, okay, I'm going to watch, I don't know, Truffaut's latest. Like, I'm not, like, you got to, like, sit down and really focus. And I realized I wasn't watching it that much. And for $100 a year, that's a lot of money for something. Like, if I was watching it as much as you watch Stars, mm -hmm. then that would be absolutely worth it. And I'm still... Stars totally miserly with stars they have to hit me yeah. on those like you know uh those special like deals peacock like, has one now and it's 75 like 75 cents a month or yeah, whatever like, i was getting the uh the razzle dazzle from peacock an email tonight that was like hey hey sign up for the you know 20 dollars for a year before it expires and i'm like is it about to expire that's how low i have peacock where i'm like but is it really and i look are you really like, come on be be honest i went to the website you know they, they get me in and they hook me with the deal and it says it expires uh september 30th in this month i'm like then you will get my 20 dollars on september, september 29th <laughs> at 11 59 that's but, but yes, like, uh, I concede but, your point. You know, stars is easy to fall and, into, right? And stars also, if I'm remembering correctly, features the movie that you chose. Yes, I followed. This time. I, yeah. I I didn't find the the time and the day that it was coming on. I just went to just watch. <laughs> 
I selected the stars square and said, here's what's on they this They don't month. have a TV guide entry for stars anymore. <laughs> I, I didn't even think to do it. I just, like, I just got my I just watch like app. I'm 75 years old. <laughs> uh, um, I will also be uh, taking a look at Reader's Digest later. Like, just, I'm going to really... Dive in fairness in. to you, I don't know if the Watch TCM app still exists. I feel like that was like you had to have like a cable service to unlock it. So I, yeah, I I just use you know the YouTube TV. I just go to TCM and then usually all of it's on demand there. So I, I don't know. You know. What the worst part about this is I could have done that. I was sitting in front of my TV, but I'm like uh, my phone is in my hand uh, and the remote is on the table in front of me. So that's, that's way too, but I did think about doing that, but I was like, nope, absolutely not. I will, I will just scroll on my phone and figure it out and give you some choices. I don't remember. I gave you three choices. I can't remember what the other three were in that, <laughs> that screenshot. I think I was just going based off the title. Cause we've been gone for a long time. So, uh, we've been going on oh, for about nice. 11 minutes now. Let me introduce what we're going to talk about, which is oh, my yeah, selection. My oh, yeah, we're selection. talking about movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is called Welcome Home. I believe it's from 2018. And it is, uh, it is currently on Stars. And I went to the Rotten Tomatoes page for this. And is there are like only 38%? three. 10%. 10% from oh, the critics. Right. 26% from the audience. Uh, there are only three top critics reviews, and there's only ten <laughs> total reviews. This is a but modern. One of those film. top one of those top critics was a positive review, right? Matt Zoller cites it is uh, now it's kind of positive. If it it's was technically rotten, but it's like two out of four. Like, and if you read that review, he's actually pretty complimentary of the movie. Um, so you know, yeah. Here's, here's what a splat says. Uh, once the buzz from the ending fades, you may find yourself resenting Welcome Home for not figuring out that it could have been a classic until it was too late to be one. Hmm. Did you did you read this review? I, f- I feel like because I wanted I to use. This. I read the whole thing. What? Okay, this is a very basic premise, uh, especially yes, for yes. this this time period. Um, I, I guess a sort of reverse home invasion where it's a couple renting an mm-hmm. Airbnb. But they're being spied on by uh, a creep. It's, you know, it's 2018 sliver. I mean, that's I mean, that's where we're at. <laughs> and you're not selling me on this movie now. Like, I, I don't. I'm not a, <laughs> not huge a sliver, sliver fan, fan. But it's still like I have. I watched this uh, less than a week ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. I watched Sliver once. I don't know when, and it's still there's still more impressions in my mind. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the it many does have Sharon brothers. Stone. So, you know, <laughs> does have shame sound. So, a lot of the negative reviews of this uh, mention the fact that the these thrillers uh, strong lead performances by Aaron Paul and Emily Ratajkowski, I believe that's how you pronounce it. That's her name. correct. Yes, um, very good. I've never said well, we did cover Gone Girl. Like my wife was saying, "Who we is did. this person?" And I said, "She's in Gone Girl." And she gave me a blank look. I was like, "She's the other woman." And she's like, "Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah." The naked woman. Yes, that's <laughs> I I went with the uh, the blurred lines music video. Me like, too. That was my <laughs> when I was trying to explain this to Tessa. That was my reference point as well. My wife was aware of the song because it was very popular that summer, mm-hmm. whatever that was. But apparently, he's yeah, not huge. a pervert like us. 
who <laughs> sought out the music video on YouTube, I don't know, or just was aware that there was a music but video. But I'm gonna I'm gonna out myself as even more of a pervert, which I probably shouldn't do, considering who listens to mm. the show. But did you know that there is an unedited Blurred Lines video out there uh, that was not aired on MTV and the like, which has just a whole lot of nudity. I'm just gonna so trump you, that. Dave. I'm gonna <laughs> the ultimate pervert. I didn't know there was an edited version. That's the only one you see. <laughs> I didn't know there was one that aired on TV. Oh, God bless you, Mike. You are making me look so good right now. This is what would be the point. I did. I did not see it see it going this way, but I'm very happy it did. <laughs> look, all of this these perversions that we're airing out for whatever uh, listenership we have. All I'm saying is I, I see a lot of references, even the negative reviews, to strong lead performances and you have two stars in an otherwise forgettable movie. Is that stretching I, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let me just make the picture of when you told me I was watching this movie. I've never mm-hmm. heard of this. I was sure that you made it up. And then I look up who the two leads are and I'm like... I mean, I like Aaron Paul in Breaking mm-hmm. Bad, like everybody does. But, it, you know, wasn't he also, like, in a shitty Need for Speed movie? Like, this is not I think that was meant a movie to be star. post-Breaking Bad right. breakout. That was going to be the nowhere. big, the big, yeah. and just died on the vine, right? And Emily Ratajkowski is very pleasant to look at, um, but not someone who I would be like, oh, the lead in, in a movie, then she's going to be a movie star. Like, she doesn't really, she doesn't really carry a movie in that way, so... I walked into this with the lowest of expectations, like a a reverse home invasion movie starring two actors that I don't think super highly of. So I was like, oh, God, here we go. Jesus, Mike, what are you doing to me? Mm -hmm. But I kind of like this movie, Mike. Hmm, Like, I kind of dug it. I think this is actually – I was very impressed with you. I don't know if you did this on purpose, but this is honestly the perfect – movie for your side of this podcast Mm -hmm. a movie that no one really knows about and anyone who does know about it like all you hear about is like yeah i guess the leads are okay but it's really predictable and you know what's going to happen but like i don't know i think we've talked about this before but there's a there's a kind of comfort in a predictable movie in a particular genre um and this kind of fits that and i I don't love emily ratajkowski in this movie but she's better than i expected and i thought aaron paul was shockingly good at being really really insecure um i thought he was very talented in in that particular aspect here and i just is it disposable yes is it predictable absolutely but did i have a lot of fun watching it also yes i had a good time and it's a movie that i never would have seen and most people didn't but i would i mean i think i i would actually recommend this movie like it's a it's a fun time you know, the hour and a half, like, it kind of flies by, and it has everything you would expect it to have. It's got, you know, a little bit of violence, a little bit of sex. You know, like, it's just, you know, Here's it's what exactly it what you want it to be. Nudity. Okay. Where is the nudity? And I I know this is in a, uh, a modern... Emily Ratajkowski is a very serious actress, sir. How dare you? I just, you know, <laughs> if you're going to do trash about a sure, pervert... Sure, sure. Um, so... You brought up Sliver. Um, one could go to like Psycho, I guess, if you want to go way, way like far. When you're talking about trash, is yes. that is that uh, what you're? But Psycho <laughs> trash for its time uh, before it, you know, right? Yeah, became a classic. Psycho, which we have covered on this show, kind mm-hmm. of. So you should go back mm-hmm. in our catalog and check out our Psycho Psycho episode. I will 
counterpunch my desire to see people naked, not just Emily Ratajkowski get Aaron Paul naked too. Fine. Paul, yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah, let's do um, it. And this weird Italian guy, sure. Let's go for it. Let's have a probably good time. more so him than Aaron Paul, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I, a good looking man. Um, if you're going to have that sort of trash, I, I assume <laughs> nudie is probably my mistake for assuming Emily Ratajkowski, like in the Gone Girl casting you even mentioned, the uh, one gets naked on the couch and then Ben Affleck's yeah. sister catches them. Um, I can see why maybe she would not want to like, as far as like, I'm going to get naked every time. It's like, it's like the Mark Wahlberg thing sure. with Boogie Nights. Like he, he told Paul Thomas Anderson, he didn't read the script because he just saw what it was about. And he's like, Oh, you just want me to get naked. Cause I take my shirt off and take my pants off. Like for Calvin Klein. I understand it. However, sure. I still think that, there's a little bit of fun that's missing here that you, you tease the sex and some of it maybe do you think is from Aaron Paul's perspective? Cause there is this backstory where she, um, I, I guess, I don't know if you'd call it an affair. She had a, a one indiscretion. She had a, she had a fling. Yeah. I don't think I she was drunk and I'm like, it, then yeah. you're getting into the, like, I don't know if it was a conscious decision or not or what have you. So do you want to allow them to not get naked because Aaron Paul has sexual hangups? This trip is meant to bring them closer together and he cannot make that leap, which I guess, thankfully for these characters, there's cameras everywhere. So that kind of works out that they probably good connect in that way. I was thinking that the film was making this choice um, against uh, my wishes uh, just to see people naked because it did not want you to sympathize in any way with the creep who's spying on them. Psycho, oftentimes you are put in Norman Bates' shoes. So when he's looking at Jenny right. Lee through the people, you are kind of meant to be titillated. You, I mean, it's wrong, mm-hmm. but you're right there with him as far as I do want to right. see this woman undress. And that is a choice. It's not one I expect from this was straight to video on demand. Uh, I can only assume, Dave, this, if this came out 10, 20 years prior, there would have been absolute nudity, wall to wall nudity. Yeah. And, you know, it's a really interesting choice to not have duty here not just because of the subject material but because the camera clearly is leering at Emily Raducanu like this is not this is not a subtle movie in terms of the way it's viewing her body mm-hmm. like the very beginning has a moment and then you know near the end when the creep is there and he's blindfolded her and she doesn't know like it's it's pretty over the top with the way that they frame her body and the and the way that they film. So it's like it's actually very strange that so there's saying, no nudity. It's almost it's like, like the they are filming. They're saying right, we want to do it. We know we can't. It feels like it feels like <laughs> they're filming a Shannon Tweed movie, mm. but they decided like no boobies though. We're not mm. gonna we're not gonna do that. It's very odd. Like I do like the movie, but you're right in that it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it fits. It feels like it's trying to be two different movies. It's like, we want to be a really interesting thriller, but we also want to titillate you. So we can't kind of go over the line because once we titillate you too far, once we show actual female nudity, then we can't be an interesting movie. Like, that's what it kind of feels like. So it kind of, it's very, very unsure of itself. And, I, you know, I think this is, these are moments when you find out, you know, no offense to whoever whoever directed this, um, <laughs> that, you know, a good director at the helm of a sexual thriller makes a huge difference. Having Brian De Palma at the helm of a sexual thriller, he is confident enough to do both. He's like, I know exactly what I want to look at here. 
I know what people who, who are watching sexual thrillers want to look at, look at, and I'm willing to do it mm-hmm. and still have a really good movie. So, and this director, does, George Ratliff, I guess, doesn't have that level of confidence. I would click on his name, but he doesn't have a hyperlink. He doesn't have a link <laughs> on Wikipedia. He doesn't he doesn't even rank? So, you sir are are you're not even one percent of Brian De Palma. You don't even get a hyperlink. That's the level that you're at. I think also if I can move away from the uh, the genre trappings of expecting nudity for this type mm-hmm. of thriller, uh, maybe I wanted a little bit more domestic drama. Uh, I almost at times felt like the the creep, uh, the, the man that just shows up as the you know he, he calls himself the n- a neighbor and you know as as things evolve you it's you know he doesn't live anywhere in the area <laughs> i guess he's uh do you remember we did an episode i think it was for my old podcast war machine versus wars on the the boy and we just i do <laughs> yes the boy in the <laughs> walls like, oh yes it's like he's in the walls <laughs> which shockingly we both liked we both enjoyed <laughs> that movie way more than we probably but should I, have but i don't think we liked it enough to see the boy too i don't have oh no of seeing no that. Yeah, no absolutely though. not that was a i point. mean it didn't have it didn't have the pretty girl from The Walking Dead in it. So what? What am I there for? The weird, the weird boy. No, Brahms. Thank you. <laughs> <Lord> <laughs> Brahms. <laughs> Brahms. Oh God. I mean, so I have a question for right. you. So especially because that one relatively positive review mm-hmm. kind of talks about like once you recover from the ending, you'll be so angry that the movie does not mm-hmm. live. Like, oh, okay, let's settle down, mm-hmm. Matt. Let's calm down. Who oh, I love, by the way, he's he's wonderful, great reviewer. But I don't like the very end of this movie really at all. Um, it feels like they're introducing this like shared universe thing that like there's no connection to, other than the fact there's video involved and they go to this like hidden cams thing like and everyone sees the terrible things they've done i'm like what how what let me tell you i would have been fine i would have been fine if the movie just ended with them agreeing to never talk about this and then they have a you know strange emily radikowski connection here but they have a very kind of similar gone girl moment in the shower where they're like you don't we never talk about this like this is (laughs) life is different now even if you leave me we never speak of this again which i really like that sequence and i like the burial sequence but then that ending i'm like what are we trying to set up a sequel like what is what is the point of this well i'll I'll come back around to my uh my uh base instincts is uh that ending only works if there's wall-to-wall nudity again because Right. I think that is. You the, think those people are just going to watch this whole thing? No sex. They're just like, oh, couples arguing. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I just love it. I like, can't you get that, that at home? That Twitch stream is, uh, is not lively. There's not a lot going on in the Click. chat. Click. Um, nope. Yeah, no super follows, any of that bullshit. I think the reason you have that there is if you yourself uh, have enjoyed spying on this couple. Which, as we've talked about, uh, we don't really. I, I find it admirable, like, first off, that Aaron Paul is pulling, like, a, a James Conn in misery. He's just, a, like, the punching bag yeah. for this. And yeah. not even in that wounded, sympathetic way, he's wounded and he's still an asshole. <laughs> like, he, he sort of owns right. all the negative energy of this character. I think if we had been made culpable with the what happens to these people as far as having their lives dissected for our amusement... That's a good ending. That's like, oh yeah, it's us too. Um, yeah, uh, but I don't think it accomplishes that. Has a very similar 
type right. sequence, except it's in the middle of the film and it is horrifying. Whereas this is like, right. oh, like oh, I guess it's the one more thing. It just, but, it just yeah. feels so tacked on. Yeah. It's just like, it's it reeks of like studio being like, eh, throw this scene in there too. Just, well, we can't just, just throw that right on top. We have to. Yeah, we can't end on this. And speaking of the relationship, here's my, actually, I think my biggest issue with the movie is that Emily Ratajkowski is kind of too nice. Um, like she has this one indiscretion that the whole movie hinges on. But if you took out the the points in the movie where they say like this happened and then somewhere in the middle of the movie they say it happened, like would you believe that of this character? Like I'm not sure that I do. She's so sweet and so kind and so loving and so there for him at all moments that like – even though the movie is telling me this happened, I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. I, I, Emily's innocent. You must here. be mistaken, I th- I think, here, sir. I think that must have been another girl that you saw because she's so nice. Like it just, it doesn't fit with her character. And yes, nice people cheat on their on their spouses, on their partners. It does happen. But in the in the kind of semblance of a film and a narrative structure. We, we need more than that. We need more than, like, this person made a mistake once, so now they're evil. <laughs> and it's like, no, I just, come on. Like, you know, especially because Aaron Paul is so, his character is so insecure that it's, it actually takes, it's kind of gutsy to play a character like this. Because I think he's 99% unlikable throughout this entire movie. Like, he ends up being right, but most of the things he does in his rightness, you're like, yeah, you're kind of a dick. Like, I I wouldn't want to hang out with you. Even if you're right about this guy, you still kind of suck. You know, so the, the difference between these characters is so stark that I have a hard time envisioning them together. And apparently, so did the director, because they're never... <laughs> they never get down to it. They're never together until the very end of the movie. Let's, uh, let's have him get drunk in town or something. Just get him away <laughs> from this beautiful away from this horrific woman who made a mistake have, once. Have her like, just... go uh, running. You know, just anything. Like uh, there is some degree of uh, amusement. Her in... tripping and falling. I'm like, okay, I've seen too many horror movies. Like this is this is poor. Like just I you, like her in this young. movie, but her. Her physicality in this movie is a little rough. Well, like <laughs> you can you can hobble back to the Airbnb. You don't need to. Like... Right. I mean, she. I had this moment where, like, I looked away from the screen for a minute, and I'm like, "Did she break her leg? Mm-hmm. Like, did she? No, no. She just had, she has a little bit of a sprained ankle. I guess it's like, why are you oh, yelling no, at strange down, trucks driving I'm by? I'm gonna lay down by the side of the road until a nice, beautiful Italian stranger picks me up. I think the um, I would have I would have liked the film better without the uh, supposed <laughs> on this podcast supposed indiscretion uh, because I I was really digging Aaron Paul being a man trying to come to terms with the fact that he he's won the lottery he's with right. with her but this beautiful woman the <laughs> what he has to live with is that he will just be insanely jealous for the rest of his days as long as she is with him he will never Mike, feel comfortable don't or you trusted. understand. He's stuck in finance. His life is so hard, Mike. He makes a lot of money. He has one of the most beautiful women in the world as his partner. Life is really hard for Aaron Paul. <laughs> There's a line I, I can't remember. Get it together. There's a concept uh, from High Fidelity, the, the John Cusack film. Um, I don't know if it's in the, the Nick Hornby novel, but um, talking about Catherine Zaya Jones, you know, the the one that got away, the one beautiful woman where he was sort of out kicking his coverage. 
Uh, it's something effective. He could just <laughs> never get comfortable. Like he just, you know, he, even when things right. were seemingly going good, he's just waiting for the ax to fall. That's yeah, Aaron Paul Quince. for like the entire runtime. For his whole movie. life. It's just, so I have a question for you in particular, Mike. You mm-hmm. have made it very clear uh, throughout our history of watching movies together that the problems of the rich mm. are not really your bag. You're nope. like, uh, and like literally the Wikipedia starts with, with it there. You know, they attempt to solve their personal problems with a romantic trip to Italy. So what was your reaction to these rich people? Like, oh, our life is so hard. There's an indiscretion. I guess we'll go to this villa in Italy and drink this dude's wine. Our life is so, so hard. I mean, there was a part of me, you're, you're calling your shot here, um, that was like, you know, you probably deserve to be watched because like, the, the, the little twist ending of all of these, the, the pores with their, you know, maybe their smartphone where they're, they're getting you to watch these assholes tear themselves down and have someone like fuck with them. I can't feel too bad. I'm not saying I, I don't. You know, obviously you get the uh, the possibility of a sexual assault, which I, I can't involved with. And I guess that's for our creep. He's breaking form there. Like, or right. he even, I think he says he normally just watches, but it's like, <laughs> which I, I mean, that had to just go all over you there. And Paul so hot. He's like, but I this gotta, time I, I had to get involved. involved. I had to. <laughs> I had to Aaron lock you like, I knew it. See? <laughs> See? I knew it. I just think, you know, I, I do wonder what that reviewer was talking about as far as the ending. Because I like the ending up until the tacked on ending. I like, you know, her throwing the phone and revealing the hidden camera. That's a nice little bit. I like the fact that at first we're meant to think. Um, that this creep is the guy who actually owns the house, and he kind of is, but there's someone else involved. I like that kind of twist on it, because it wasn't wholly necessary to involve this secondary person, but I liked that that was there, because it kind of kept you on your toes as a viewer. So that stuff really, really works for me. And, like, you know me, like, I love, this is, this genre is, like, it's so underutilized nowadays, because we're in such a conservative place in in uh in film discussion and in and who pays for movies like it's just like we i would love if we had like five movies like this a year Mm. um that were actually released in theaters i think this movie actually would be a lot more fun in a theater with a bunch of people like that that last 30 minutes would be like super fun watching that with a group of people as opposed to like watching on amazon prime or on stars in your house hey hey, just, hey. there's stars now <laughs> look i watched it on amazon prime so i said i said that first i paid for this mike i paid three whole you know dollars what? for this i'm dedicated yeah, you know, one good uh, twist of a knife. Here's another one there. You you selected uh, Wait Until Dark because it's on Turner Classic Movies at 6 o'clock on a Sunday or whatever. <laughs> I look at my phone. It's on HBO. I'm like, okay, HBO Max it is. It is. <laughs> it's also on my Plex, so mm-hmm. it's readily mm-hmm. available. <laughs> I think my last uh, critique of this, this film, uh, okay, <clears throat> one negative uh, and one very big positive, which could shift this like okay. entire star rating for me. The negative is, I think that, uh, well, I guess I just don't think much of Emily Ratajkowski. I do think the film is better if it's totally from her perspective, where Mm -hmm. there's not that much difference between the creep and her asshole boyfriend, who can never be 
comfortable doing anything but just like looking at her from afar. Like they can't. Right. If they're too you close to her, they can't trust. Stay her. in your cage. Yeah. Just stay in your cage and look beautiful. That's all. I mean, I'm saying they're the ones in the cage because they're just like I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what she is. <laughs> she has too much like, power. I could be. I could be having sex with Emily Ratajkowski, but I just can't bring myself to do it because it's too frightening that someone else might look at her one day. Like, of course they will. You fucking right. moron. Of course. Yes, you idiot. Um, so that I think that would have made for you know a far creepier film for me if it's just like you know there's just the way men treat her just because of virtue of just how she looks when she walks into a room or into this new place um the very big positive though is we watched okay. um a new release earlier this year in the theater um other than us and our respective dates i don't know how many other people were in the theater uh men <laughs> came out which was basically better this is basically about that concept i just asked for and it was trash and it was pompous trash whereas this yeah we could ask for more but i don't think this film is any way uh staring down at us and like hey did you know that men can be jerks and quite often they are jerks in all shapes and sizes they're jerks Real Even both of our female partners were like, like this is Yeah, so buddy, stupid. I've lived it. Thank you, man, for writing this. Yeah, I'm well aware <laughs> that men are piles of shit. I have been dating them for many years, which is why they have settled with us. Because <laughs> like, in uh, comparison... Yeah, marry good. a podcaster who will leave you alone and go off and talk bullshit <laughs> and just... <laughs> Tessa will hate that joke Mm. because she hates when I denigrate myself at all. But like, Mm. for real, like dating men, that is, that is a choice that you have made. (laughs) Yeah. Not the best. I can't abide by it, but, uh, I will take advantage. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Repeatedly. (laughs) All of my emotions feel the same, feel the same. You don't like where this is going. Look away, look away. You're not in my way. Do you remember the name of the movie? Wait Do you remember dark. the name of not the movie? Not near we'll dark. It is not yes, near wait. dark. Yeah, uh, you know, your your favorite actor is not in this movie. Bill Paxton is not in Wait Until Dark. I'm sorry to say. Mm-hmm. We just have a fashion icon as a blind woman instead. I Same still thing. would rather that be Bill Paxton <laughs> playing that. Dude, I would watch the shit out of a Wait Until Dark remake with Bill Paxton. <laughs> I just watched uh, True Lies for the first time since I was a kid. I've never watched it as an adult. and I, I don't had... think I've watched it since it came out. Yeah, that would have been the, around that yeah. time period. Um, 
I totally forgot that he is in it as just a complete, you know. I was course, sitting here wondering why you brought this up. I complete was like, James oh, Cameron dickhead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is, you know, his his aliens character. Uh, if he was just on the prowl <laughs> looking to score chicks, no aliens, no monsters, <laughs> just an, I guess, some form of our reality. Obviously, it's an Arnold movie, so not really, but. Uh, yes, boy, uh, do I, I miss miss that guy. Uh, just anytime he's no. on the screen. Every anytime he shows up in a movie, I simultaneously get really happy and really sad. Mm-hmm. Like every mm-hmm. single time. Like oh, Bill Paxton. And then I realize like we don't get aging Bill Paxton in movies, which would have been easily another twenty years phenomenal of performances. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <sighs> Way to end on a fucking downer, guys. Actually, I think actually you can hear me getting depressed. Like it's just sort of you know what's great? <laughs> Emily Ratajkowski. Let's get back to I think that. I'm up some the, blurred she is lines the Audrey here. Hepburn of our time. That is... Oh, God. Let's just keep getting worse. All right. We may or may not be back. We apologize. 